Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cleveland Schwill. As most always, I have our co-host Dave Hamilton with me. Dave, how are you? I'm good. How are you today, Brian? Oh, I, I'm doing okay. I actually just spent uh, a few days over in Putin Bay, and I at Putin Bay, which is a place where I can only normally spend about. Uh, five minutes before I get bored. Now we did, we did have a few drinks while we were there, but the craziest part about it, we were there for two days, a water main broke. So they shut down all the restaurants. They couldn't serve food. The, the, the hotels all say you can't use the bathroom, but we have no problem serving you as many drinks as you want. Yeah. Right. So you, you go ahead and you figure <laughs> out the math there. Now the the pool was open and several people were swimming. Oh, I noticed that. Oh yeah, but I didn't jump in. So something told me it wasn't right. So, so how, how it, long did that last? Was it like the whole time you were there? Uh, twenty four hours or so of oh, me well, being there. Yeah, it was a good chunk to change. I was there. Then I came back. Other than that, it was kind of nice riding the scooters around them the uh, island but that was about that was about the extent of it i did have a good time though i uh other than that yeah now putting listen you it's you will have some sort of good time at putting there's like i you can't you don't know what the good time is going to be but something will be fun while you're there even you will have a story whether you want to tell people that story or not you will you will come back with a story from the island we're swimming in a toilet it was fun (laughs) So, Dave, uh, before we introduce our guest, what are you drinking today? Anything? Uh, well, I had a really good weekend, too, so I'm kind of feeling alive right now, and I'm, like, uh, on a beer tonight, and one of my favorites just happened to have been sitting around. I'm drinking a Fat Heads Brewery uh, Bumble, which is always refreshing. Uh, nice little stabby beer for you. Okay. I'm back with the vitamin waters, um, a blueberry pomegranate one, because I just got done working out. And uh, it's actually in a plastic bottle. And we're going to find out some stuff about recycling with our next <laughs> guest Yes, here. He doesn't deal with plastic. He's a glass recycler. And yeah, we're going to find all, out of, all about it. It's uh, a gentleman who started Repeat Glass, uh, Jamie Arnold. Jamie, thanks for coming on Cleveland Schwell. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, man. This is uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, so you started a business called Repeat Glass here in Cleveland, uh, relatively recently, back in 2021. But you've been you've probably got a decade of experience owning businesses with with glass recycling. I think my first question to you is, how do you get in a business like this? How did this just 
does this an idea that you had or or what brought on glass recycling? Well, first, aren't you going to ask me what I'm drinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Nailed you. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> I just I, laid I, down. I, you guys yeah. can't see it, but I just laid down my king on my board. I'm done. <laughs> uh, now, what are you drinking, Jamie? What's yeah, I, with you? I got a Peroni in glass, of course. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Good, good deal. Peroni, a nice Italian beer. Yeah, good on a warm day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I actually used to drink Peronis every time I would go out if they had them, and uh, I haven't had one in quite some time, so I might have to Wait, pick one does, back up. Does that have bubbles in it, then? Is this bubbly water? No, no. Peroni's a beer. Oh, that's, so, a, oh, that's right. I've had, a, I've had Peroni. Okay. You're, you're, you're confusing with Perrier. Perrier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, French. That is so funny. I've drank Peronis before. You're right. It's a very smooth beer, like a nice light beer. I actually like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jamie. Uh, back to back to the question at hand. <laughs> you got me. Uh, what what type of uh, or what got you into uh, glass recycling? Sure. Yeah. So it was, I don't know, 10, almost 10 years ago. Uh, I was in Kansas City, and in in Kansas City, they don't have – glass recycling is not part of the curbside program. So, you know, they have curbside recycling, just glass was excluded from it. And I was doing my MBA at University of Missouri, Kansas City, and my focus was entrepreneurship. And a lot of <laughs> – Classes, way too many classes were around like idea generation. Yeah. And so at some point that came up of like, well, this is a need in Kansas City, like curbside glass recycling, because the process then was to, if you wanted to recycle your glass, you would take it to a drop off. And they had a lot of these drop off uh, centers around town. It was run by a company called Ripple Glass, which was actually started by company called boulevard brewery or boulevard brewing company which is basically the great lakes of of uh kansas okay, city okay so it was know? like a local big time brewery yeah yeah, yeah. so they big. figured hey we're doing we're producing a lot of glass or we're putting a lot of glass out in the market it's kind of you know falls on us a little bit to create a solution for yeah you know create this circular economy so they they had all these drop sites set up around town and it's still a little bit of a pain in the ass to, you know, take your glass somewhere and recycle it. I mean, you're thinking about all the beer bottles and stuff you, you might have and then load it up in your car. You know, if it's drippy, it's got flies on it. You know, it's it could be a well, little And if it's nasty. too much of a pain in the ass, people just aren't going to do it. They're just going to be like, exactly. ah, forget it. I'm going to toss this thing or it's more fun to break it against this brick wall or whatever they're going to do with it. it. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't so much that I'm like, I was a huge environmentalist as much as I was really just looking to start my own business. And, you know, I saw that as a need. Um, you know, it was a small niche in the area. No one else was really doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, there was, there was two other companies, only one overlapped with like my na uh, neighborhood, but 
they weren't really all in on it. I think the guy was also a contractor or something like that. So I was just like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. I hate my job at the bank. So this, this is my way out. And uh, it kind of grew from there. You know, I had, um, you know, focused on curbside, just trying to make glass recycling convenient and affordable. I had this whole, um, it was pretty interesting how I got started. I just ordered like 300 bins from this company um, out of Canada that makes, you know, containers. And I was like, well, I'll just start with my neighborhood. And I put bins on doorsteps just left a note that said hey this optional service we have a name your own price cost structure come by every other week you know take it or leave it if you don't want just leave the bin out on the on on your doorstep i'll pick it up tomorrow and so so you just went to like random houses with these yeah just in in my neighborhood neighborhood. really yeah just every house on my block and around there and uh yeah so naturally i lost a lot of bins but I also gained a lot of customers and used that as my jumping off point. And really, I, you know, I started off just taking it over to these ripple glass containers around town. You know, I started off the evolution of my trucks is kind of interesting. I started off with, you know, uh, I had a Ford Explorer. So I'd go around in my Explorer on Sundays and, uh, you know, pick up people's full bins, leave them an empty one. And then eventually I added a trailer to it. Then I upgraded the Explorer to an F-150. So I had an F-150 with a trailer. Uh, Then I had a short bus. And I just like took out the windows on the bus. I'm like, this will be good. I could just dump the glass straight into the bus. And I was like, I tried to set up like a ramp system to go. So when you open the the emergency door out the back, it would like slide out, but glass doesn't really just slide that easily. I ended up just shoveling it out uh, <laughs> at Ripple's uh, facility. So that was a pain in the ass because it would take like 30 minutes and I'd constantly like have my wife like get the tweezers out to pull the glass out of my feet, <laughs> which oh, just like man. make their way into my boots. But eventually I upgraded, you know, I got another, I got an actual dump truck um and then i started getting like a couple other and a couple other dump trucks and uh, I, ha- I eventually had a cart tipper so i could do commercial actually the short bus was able to do commercial because i had a wheelchair lift <laughs> i would pick up these 64 gallon carts full of glass with a wheelchair lift well how much um, would something like that weigh how much does like a whole thing of glass like that weigh so like 150 pounds. So you have about 25 pounds for the container and then 125 pounds of, you know, container glass filling okay. it up. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's a lot of glass. You know, it actually kind of, you probably, I don't know if you know this, Jamie, but when you were talking about like the, putting it in that, uh, like the shorter bus, it reminded me of a Seinfeld episode where Kramer and Newman have decided they're going to gather up, I think it's cans, but it might be bottles, and they are going to drive from New York to Michigan because Michigan gives you 10, 10 cents a can and they had yeah. this huge, this huge uh, conspiracy type thing going on, you know, and it was just, just reminded me of it with the recycling, but uh, yeah, that is illegal. Some guy did get caught trying to do that in Michigan. 
Oh, uh, really? You could? Yeah. That, oh, my gosh. I think he had, like, a U-Haul full. I, I don't know if it was bottles. It was probably cans. But, uh, yeah, I think he had, like, a U-Haul full of them, and uh, he got nabbed. Yeah, I believe. Oh, man. I can't see so he gets got, caught crossing the Michigan border with a bunch of yeah. cans. <laughs> and he's getting, he gets put in jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like getting caught for voter fraud yeah yeah just ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> um so well what um so you found a niche like any good business you found a problem that people needed solved and you kind of went in there and you're like i can solve this problem but jamie how do you make money at this how do you how do you i mean is it the places that give you money for the glass or did the people give you money for pickup or both ends or, or how does it work with that? It's, it's both ends, but really the, like the processors, they don't pay much for it. Like I think in, when I was in Kansas city, the most I ever got was $20 per ton. So, you know, we are not even really covering fuel. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was, it's a subscription based model. So people would pay me to pick up their glass, but in, you know, in KC, my whole business was around curbside. I had, I eventually brought in some commercial customers and yeah. charged them too. So it's just, you know, it was similar to, you know, paying for a cardboard or, you know, a, a, another type of, you know, waste service. So mm-hmm. with the uh, curbside deal though part of the appeal with glass bandit was i had this whole name your own price cost structure my thought process was like hey if i'm going down this person's street for one customer let's just make it affordable so all their neighbors are you know enticed to doing it because you know it was it was it was just so cheap but for me it you know sure I'll, i'll pick up your glass for a couple extra bucks like i'm already on your block so might as well well, and, and it's kind of uh, interesting too, because you know, I, I know how people work. It's like if they're if you see your neighbor doing it, and three other people on the street are starting to do it, I have a feeling it gets it's contagious. It's like the measles; right. everybody got it all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Or or people just get embarrassed to be the ones not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, we haven't talked about that, Jamie. But what is the problem with, uh, you know, hey, I throw my glass in with all my other recyclables what's the big deal sure so it, it is one thing you can do and then depending on like where you live they might have different places where that glass goes so like i'm in cleveland heights our glass or our recycling goes through waste management but you know the city of cleveland goes to Rumkey, and then other cities go through like republic so it's up to those haulers to decide you know, where that, where those materials eventually go. But part of the issue is when you do combine the materials, the first thing they want to do is then separate the materials. So when you're mixing them together, though, especially with something like glass, it breaks and it can, it can contaminate the other materials. It makes it harder to separate out. Yeah. Um, so you have a lower recovery rate. And because, you know, it's, it's one harder to sort everything, especially once it's breaking and two, you're contaminating other materials. It's getting mixed in with, you know, the cardboard and the plastics and other papers and 
cans. So our whole thing is, and then on, t- on top of that, yeah, you don't know where they're going to go. Like some haulers are better than others. So like, you know, waste management, for example, does work with one of the processors I work with. So it's at least eventually going to the right place. But when mm-hmm. you look at that material that actually gets that processor, if you look at it, you wouldn't even think it's glass. It's it's riddled with all these plastics and stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's it's on then the processor to try, try to sort it out from there. So it's like a constant a constant battle of just getting the glass from this mixed recycling stream. So our whole thing is, well, what's why mix it with other materials in the first place? Just keep it separated out from the get-go. And it's, you know, you're going to have a much higher recovery rate, lower contamination rates, and it's, you know, ultimately easier to recycle into other materials. Like, you know, one big buyer for us, well, you know, we – from the processor really so we send it to the processor and then they have their own buyers and one of the big ones is owens illinois and they make uh container glass so a beer bottle you know they might be making beer bottles and stuff but because it's you're with something like a beer bottle you have to worry about you know people safety issues right so it can't they have higher they have these bigger restrictions on like the quality of their glass you know if it's they can't have too many flaws in it otherwise the bottle will break and it's a safety issue right yeah and and does it have anything to do with like how clear the glass is too or or quality defects that way or no it, it's more just about having a certain percentage of clean glass so um you know not picking up some of that other materials that gets mixed in oh, so yeah. 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 Hmm. So, you know, one of our other buyers ultimately is uh, Knopf Insulation, make fiberglass insulation. So they don't, you know, that stuff's going in walls. So they they don't have the same requirements as Owens, Illinois, because they, you know, it's going in a wall. It's okay if it has some defects. And it's probably going to go into a wall for quite some time and help insulate a place. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's still a good, that's in Kansas city. All, almost all of that was going to Owens Corning, same deal, fiberglass insulation. Okay. Um, but you know, what's cool about glass is it's 100% recyclable. It could be recycled endlessly. So, you know, a beer bottle, if you recycle a beer bottle, it could be recycled into a beer bottle again. And it could be in the, the process time doesn't take long either. Like, it'd be just a few weeks before it's back on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, I work in steel and we make steel, but one of the things I know about it is it's not like endlessly safely able to be recycled. So the steel will weaken every time you melt it, like scrap steel. If you just melted scrap steel and tried to make another beam out of it, doesn't have the same engineering properties. I know in glass, though, that's got to be, like you said, it's different. Plus, you're just making bottles out of it. You're not building buildings. But at the same time, it's like that's that's a great that's a great attribute to be able to endlessly recycle something. Because, I mean, how much of this stuff was probably ending up in landfills forever? Um, and, and, and actually, that reminds me, I don't know if you were 
how many years ago it was, but I think the city of Cleveland got busted. Their their recycling program, they were actually just tossing everything in the uh, landfill. And it was really upsetting people. You probably heard about it, but yeah, I'm familiar. That happened, uh, yeah, before I moved back to Cleveland. But um, yeah, I think they did, they didn't want to tell people. I think because they didn't want people to lose faith in the program, I guess, and then uh-huh. break yeah. their habits of trying to recycle. But I think that might have backfired. I think with something like this, it's better to be transparent. Let people know where everything's going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, it takes people time to recycle most of the time just to separate stuff instead of just throwing it in the garbage. Some places you go, they actually do have you separated. I, I, I think like when I go to the zoo, they have a spot for paper and glass and plastic and uh, like museums and stuff. But I never really thought about it much until you brought it up, like the purity of the product is actually at stake. When you have everything together, now you're spending countless amounts of energy just trying to sort it out, you know? Exactly. Instead of sorting it out right in the beginning. Um, so that so that is interesting. Like, uh, now, what kind of places do you actually service? Because I know you don't just service residences anymore. Like, who, who are you serving here in Cleveland? Like, who signs up for this type of service? Right. So in Cleveland, yeah, I don't have a curbside program going because glass is part of, you know, most curbside programs already. And even though, you know, separating it out is what I believe to be a better process, it's it's just harder to dive into that right now. So I've, I'm focusing more on the commercial side. So a lot of bars and restaurants is the main target. Just thinking about how much alcohol oh, goes yeah. through there. So that that's the main thing, but we also got to get the Cleveland Browns on board. But though I don't think they sell uh, glass anymore, I don't think they're allowed to. Oh, they do though. They got uh, (laughs) you know, they got liquor in the club suites. Um, you know, the club sections and the loges and that sort of thing. That's true. So they do. I've met with them before, um, but nothing's come together. Um, but we have some other big name popular places that we we do pick up for like great lakes uh brewing company uh the airport uh the rock and roll hall of fame is another big one we pick up for oh yeah that's very big yeah that's awesome especially considering dave plays out there now dave will know where all that glass is going where all those people that when they're drinking their beers out there i play there all the time and i was there and just visiting you went there this weekend just to visit. Yeah, they go they go through a ton of glass. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So those are probably some of the biggest places uh, to pick up. What would you say? Like, how often do you have to come and serve these places? Does it vary depending on how much glass they have, they have there? Uh, or what? Yeah, the, those places just once a week. Um, we're still, you know, I'm just over a year old for this for uh, repeat glass. And um, so our whole route we're doing one day a week right now. Okay. And some places, you know, need weekly pickups. Some that's every other week. Some just once a month. And then we even have a few that are less than once a month. So. Yeah. And what kind of things do you think, what were some of the most interesting things you've learned along the way in one, building your business and two, about glass? You've had to, like, if you had, 
I know that kind of puts you on the spot, but there's got to be something that kind of rises to the top when you think about like, man, if I would have known this when I was starting this business, or if I would have known this about glass, I mean, there's got to be some interesting facts there. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it does make me, you know, doubt or second guess getting into it a little bit just because glass is heavy. I mean, there's a reason why in there. Kansas city, it wasn't part of the glass. It wasn't part of their curbside program. So there's some things you got to think about with that. I mean, there's little things too, just like you wouldn't think about running a business, but if you have a curbside program and we're running regular trucks, it wasn't like, um, you know, they had an arm that would come to each stop and, you know, pick up the container and dump it into the back of the truck. Our guys would get out at each stop and pick up the bin and dump it into the truck. So, you know, it's, it's one, like we use 18 gallon bins for our curbside program. And when those are full to the top, it's like 50 pounds, uh, maybe 35 pounds. Yeah. But then you're asking these people to dump it about six feet up in the air over their beds. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just hired guys that were like six feet tall for a while. just to right. But then there's things like with the truck and you're going, you're, you know, we had some routes in KC where, you know, they're doing, drives are doing like close to 300 stops in a day. And that door is opening and closing, opening and closing, and the hinges would go bad. And even it's just like one of those things that like you don't think about. Oh, we got to worry about hinges going bad, and uh, you know, just with like things like trailers. And the other guy, um, when I sold the business in Kansas City, I actually sold it with another guy, another glass guy who was trying to get out at the same time, and he did a trailer system, and he's just constantly changing trailer tires, and it's like oh. that's just some of the things you don't really think about, like, is just like the the equipment costs and that sort of thing. But as far as what's interesting with glass, you know, you do see some interest, you do see some funny things in there, like what people are recycling, in, you know, just normal residents, like throwing stuff in their recycling bin. Like, I remember picking out, I, there's been several times I, re, I look in the bin and there's just like a big bong sitting in there. <laughs> I like check it. I'm like, uh, there's responsibly only resident bong, <laughs> and uh, th then next thing you know, you get pulled over with it, right? I promise the parent that put that bong in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was one. There was one. I remember. I like. I'm, I looked at it. I'm like, this had to be the parent. It definitely had to be a kid. I looked at. It, I was like. The price tag still on it. It's just like twenty bucks for this little boy. Uh, uh, poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. Kid just went just went to went to Daystar Boutique to get his tobacco products, just like everybody else. And next thing you know, they're just getting it thrown out. You know what are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. But it it is funny because now you know with it being legal or medically you know legal and a lot of these states, including Ohio, is that I have places on, like, um, what's the place called on Coventry? Um, the dispensary there. I'm blanking on what it's called. Oh, no, I, uh, I've never been out there, so I don't know. To I the don't dispensary think there. One, unless it's called Rise, maybe? No, Rise is the other one, but uh, I should know. 
Um, but anyway, they, they like advertise us on their screens and stuff because they sell so much in glass jars and oh, glass jars. That's right. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, they put us out there and we, we have some information in there cause they also can't take collect it themselves because of the weed inside the jars and like the residue and stuff. And it's, it's just like a whole legal thing. They can't, they have to avoid but at the same time they want to like encourage people to recycle so they have like our information in there to you know go go to one of our drop sites and that sort of thing to recycle their their weed jars nice cool Um, amplify amplifies the place so so jamie explain to me how you got hooked up uh, with, with with these collections in some places like you you actually hooked up with Juice Man somewhere along the way and had him start painting some of these collection uh, cans. Uh, how did that go down? Did you just think of that on your own, or did he offer uh, that up, or what happened? So Juice Man reached – I think he um, tagged me in one of his posts that he was recycling at one of our drop sites once. So that's how I kind of discovered him. And I just, so I think I just followed him back on Instagram and, you know, I liked his stuff and we would kind of just say what's up to each other every now and then he was working on that train, which was right around the corner from one of our, from one of the processing plants we'd take the glass to. So I'd see him working on the train a lot. So I, you know, honk at him here and there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's up? And then, um, I I started working at Case Western as the sustainability manager, and one of my jobs, first jobs there, was to get rid of all these uh, waste receptacles that they just had sitting in a lot doing nothing that they had to get rid of. Yeah. And so for repeat glass, I could use some of those carts, but you know they weren't branded with my logo or anything, so I reached out to Juice Man to see if he would be interested in painting them. I thought it'd be a fun project. So well, and, yeah, and they, was, they're definitely going to catch people's eye that way for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. We have we have one set up at um, Made Cleveland, also on Coventry, uh, which is like this cool little store that has it's just made up of a bunch of local artists selling their own things in there on consignment. So it's like you have t-shirts and earrings and all different sort of things. And uh, so we have one set up in there. It's good because it's inside a store and covered. But the only issue is, yeah, most of our drop sites are outside and those painted bins probably won't do well in rain and that sort of thing. So I kind of just have been using them for events like um, tabling type events and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But they are they are they do catch the eye. And, you know, I've, uh, I know you've been in the juices studio, right? Did he uh, give you a set of those 3d glasses the, like, yes he did color. i was like yeah. very impressed with that i was like oh my god this totally changes the work man it's right really cool yeah he's got to do more with that like i think like intentionally working the 3d element with some of his pieces uh, i think right now he you know he does it he does his work not really thinking about the 3d it's like almost an afterthought but Anyway, he you know he gave me a pair of those glasses too, so it's just another fun thing to do when people are checking out the bins. I'm like, oh, see it in 3D. <laughs> oh yeah, 
that's oh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, so, Jamie, how do businesses get a hold of you if they wanted to like start this collection, or or how does this process begin? Are, are you do you go out and seek people? Like, do you go out to restaurants and, and bars and and condos and ask them, or are you more like waiting for people to reach out to you, or how does it work for that? Yeah, it's from all angles. Um, you know, sometimes it's just about me asking. That way I can write off the meal as a business expense. <laughs> other <laughs> other yeah. times it's, you know, they'll reach, they'll find me somehow, um, you know, just sign up through our website. We have a, a real basic sign-up form and it's, you know, it's nothing. They're not committing to anything. It's just, you know, get, get me more information type of form. And so I, I get people that sign up that way. Like we just like Rocky River Wine Bar and Tommy's Place. They just signed up a couple weeks ago, went right through the form, and it was great. We had them signed up by the end of the week, like ready to ready to roll. Oh, that's awesome! And and they were listed on your website too. I saw that. Um, like different businesses that you work with are on there. Yeah, we have this thing called the Clean Glass Network. Um, and it, yeah, it's just made up of all of the organizations we work with. Um, and it's really just so keep it on the website that way we can showcase them a little bit. And like, you know, these are the organizations that care about doing glass recycling, right. And it's cool. Cause you know, likewise we give them some stickers and that sort of thing that they can, you know, put on their front door or behind the bar or wherever that, you know, just says they're part of the clean glass network and it just indicates to their customers that, you know, they care and want to recycle. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And that's a good thing to brag about as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so after you do the collections from there in Cleveland, where, where do you take the glass once you get it? Do, do different businesses ask for this stuff or was it hard figuring out once you left Kansas city and moved to Cleveland, where to take the glass or where, who's yeah. buying it out here? It's definitely been a little trickier, but um, right now we have a, a pretty decent arrangement set up with two different processors. So we work with uh, Cap Glass, who's out of Pennsylvania, like a little bit outside Pittsburgh. And they they set us up a bunker in um, Cuyahoga Heights. And so we'll take the glass there. About half the glass we collect goes there. And then the other half of the glass we collect goes to Strategic Materials. They have a place that we utilize outside uh, Tremont. And um, so usually what happens, like we'll start the day, you know, empty truckload, leaving Cuyahoga Heights, do half our route and we're downtown at that point. And so just unload the glass at the strategic material place outside Tremont and then continue with our route and finish up the day in Cuyahoga Heights and then dump the rest of the glass there. So the glass that goes through cap is going to Owens, Illinois. That's what's making the new container glass. And then the glass that's going through strategic materials is going to Knopf insulation in Indiana. And, uh, you know, that's fiberglass insulation. See, I think it's kind of cool. Like, cause without even knowing it, there's probably people that have 
drank a bunch of uh, alcohol somewhere. I wish they still had pop in glass, but that's just up to me. That's just an old school thing for me. You know, I remember mm-hmm. drinking pop out of the glass bottles. I, I, loved, I loved that. Um, you remember that, don't you, Dave? Drinking glass? I, still, I still get them at Christmas time for some reason. I get bottles. I get glass bottles of Coke. I don't know if they put them out just seasonally, maybe just because of that. But sometimes nostalgia, little, little yeah. black. But you're absolutely right. It feels like it tastes different to me. In glass. I think it does taste different. I really do. I think it's just a different product when you drink it from glass. I agree. Um, but it's interesting to me to think about, like, you know, one day you're drinking all this stuff, and then, you know, a few years later, you buy a new home and you don't realize it, but the, the same glass bottles you were drinking from are insulating it. They're insulated yeah. from home, you know what I mean? <laughs> or you're drinking from another bottle somewhere, and it was the same bottle you drank from before, and it's a totally, you know what I mean? It's like you don't even realize it, but it's just been getting getting passed oh. around, getting passed around <laughs> like that. Used and abused. But that's that's kind of cool thought thought to have. Um but uh uh, Jamie, as we come to a close here, do you want to let people know how they can uh, get a hold of you and and uh, what what you have as far as like methods to get a hold of you if they wanted to start uh, a, a getting involved with the program? Sure. Yeah. So, if place wants to get a glass recycling program set up for you know bar, restaurant, um, event space, uh, maybe condos apartment buildings that sort of thing any any place where people are going through glass you know if they're boozers they they probably need glass recycling Uh, yeah but anyway yeah so if if they're interested in setting up a program the best way to do it is to go through our website repeatglass.com and they can do repeatglass.com slash slash uh commercial um or just you know find the commercial sign up link on the website there and it's a really easy form you just fill it out and basically you know you just let us know um if you just want more information or if you're ready to get it going uh, I'll, I'll follow up with you but uh one cool thing is we work with tito's vodka uh they are super generous and uh sponsor the first month of service for all our new customers so um you know it's a good way of kind of trialing out the service you know you're not locked into a contract regardless so it's month to month it doesn't work out it's no big deal no hard feelings but you know no one does seem to cancel so it's oh that's awesome yeah yeah you know that's the kind of thing too that i really respect because it's hard to try to do that it almost feels with a lot of businesses that once you're locked in you feel like you what kind of hassle or am I going to have to jump through to like get out of this contract or is there anybody I can even get a hold of? Uh Oh, another machine. Uh Oh, I got a hold of another machine. I can't get a hold of a human being to say, I want to cancel. Can't do it through the website. It's like a trap, you know, yeah. compared to that. So it's good. Yeah, to know. It keeps us honest, you know, it keeps us working hard and um, you know, it's, it's really just about, you know, making sure glasses get recycled and not going to the landfill. Yeah, but okay. it also it also shows that if you give people a way to do the right thing, they'll they'll do it most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. 
give them a way to do it. And I, I think that's what causes so many people. It's like we are a lazy society. We're instant gratification, and that's what it is. But you kind of have to lead people by the hand and, and give them a way to do the right thing. But generally, they want to if you give them a way to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I, I try to make it as easy as possible. I, I'm trying to be flexible. Like, the service is totally catered to the, you know, needs of our clients. So, you know, it's it's easy to scale up and down. Um, you know, if they need to make changes, we can make changes on the fly. We're small enough that we can still do stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Great. That's really cool. Hey, hey, Jamie, before we give our final thoughts, I do want to ask you, uh, what, and you don't have to answer it if it's too personal, but what drew you back to Cleveland when you were coming out from Kansas City? Were you Were you hoping to come back to Cleveland one day, or was it just something that, something changed and you're like, I got to move back out to Cleveland or what brought you back to this place? Um, COVID really actually. So you know, we, my wife and I moved to Kansas city when we graduated college in 2010 and we never expected to be there as long as we were. And, um, you know, we, we loved our time there, but it was eventually it was just like, we we're, ready to move on yeah uh, my it won the heat like we still look at the, my wife still pulls up the weather in kansas city like daily <laughs> just to be like look at the she'll show me the phone and be like look at kansas city and it would be like 95 to 100 all day like just brutal <laughs> and so it's weird to say but cleveland weather <laughs> was it was an appeal for us um well, you then, were you getting a lot of tornadoes and stuff out there too? Is no, that I mean, you get it? some oh. you get some good storms, but not so much around the city. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just kind of a good timing. Like my oldest was getting ready to start kindergarten, so she had to change schools also. Like so, timing wise, it made sense. Um, and my wife got the green light to work remotely for her job, so. Um, and I, I was able to sell my business. So it all just kind of worked worked out. All the, all the pieces came together, and it was just like, boom, we're coming yeah. back. Yeah, on top of that, I had a couple other friends moving back to town, too, that I grew up with. So it was kind of like bringing the gang back together. Oh, and, cool. Uh, and my dad's still out here, too. So it's good, good connecting with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good to keep those family connections close if you can, if it's – that's 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 awesome. Well, Davis, we come to a close. We normally like to talk about uh, something we learned. Something we learned, Dave. Can you pull uh, out uh, the big the big bit of information that you learned on today's program? I thought the coolest thing that was like informational was like about how glass can just be recycled forever. And like, uh, I feel like I sort of knew that just sort of by instinct, but like, I'm, I'm glad that was confirmed for me because like, yeah, man, you can just like glass just goes on and on. You just keep throwing it back in, make it again, get into something great. It's like, honestly, every, way more should be made of glass. I yeah. think it was a mistake getting away from glass in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it. Too. After I said that thing about the fiberglass insulation, I also thought there's somebody out there in Cleveland right now, maybe even listening to this, 
and they have smoked a bowl and gotten drunk from the same piece of glass and didn't even know it. <laughs> Did not ever know it. They have not known it, but it's happened, and they're in their car right now, and they and that's that's the reality. That's that, no, hopefully not doing both those things all day. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the reality, though, Brian. There's some stoner right now that's actually smoking a bowl that he made himself out of a beer bottle. Uh, <laughs> so, don't, Is don't, that a form of recycling? I yeah, don't, don't you even think you've made that up. They've been recycling that crap for years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody's on to something except me. Apple cores and aluminum <laughs> bowls and everything. I, I can't keep up with the kids these days, Dave. You too. Nope. nope. Uh, but that's awesome. Jamie, thanks a lot for coming out on uh, Cleveland Twill. We really did enjoy this. We learned a lot. Um, it was a great bit of information to kind of figure out like, cause it's one of those things you don't really think about, you know, and I was sitting there learning about it and I'm like, man, this is, this is kind of interesting. What happens to our glass? What's the big deal? Yeah. Um, so it's good to know that. And all of those people out there who've been listening to us, thank you so much. You know, don't feel shy. Go ahead and shoot us a message. If you know a local artist or you're a business owner, reach out to us on the Instagram or the, uh, or cleveland.schwill at gmail.com. Just write us. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what's going on in the area. And you can always leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, Amazon, Google, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever, you know, we're, we're, wherever you're listening, we're, we're there. So, yeah, don't, don't be shy, everybody. Reach out to us. And in the meantime, if you're having a drink, have at least one in the name of Cleveland Schwill, and we will see you later.